podcast talking all things health technology and NHS IT. Welcome to Digital Health Unplugged. Hello and welcome to another episode of Digital Health Unplugged. I'm your host, Jordan Soloff, Junior News Reporter at Digital Health. I'm delighted to be joined today by Ms. Mahmood, Digital Midwife at Leeds Teaching Hospitals NHS Trust, and of course, a member of the Digital Health CNIO Network Advisory Panel. Ms. Bra, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. Yeah, lovely for you to join us on the podcast. And um, we're going to focus today on kind of 10 years of Mispa's midwifery career with five of those in the digital midwife. So I guess a little bit like a, a profile, but should be a really interesting discussion. Um, so yeah, let's get straight into it. And you know, of course, you have great experience as a clinical midwife, but could you kind of tell us, for those that maybe don't know, what exactly the role invo- involves, the key responsibilities, and just kind of how important it is, really? First of all, I can't believe it's been 10 years. <laughs> and it was- <laughs> Time flies. <laughs> time really does climb when you're having fun um yeah so I started my career um in Sheffield so I trained in Sheffield and worked there um and worked as a rotational midwife so I had um experience in working um in all the areas and it was there really where my interest in digital began right well right at the beginning of my career when I was a student midwife um because the, the community midwives had blackberries back then mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And they used to like record the um visits, the postnatal and antenatal visits on the Blackberries. And I just was like, wow, um, because I've always grown in, in a digital age. Um, and then I was only there for a while and then moved to Leeds. And when I moved to Leeds, I was really quite shocked because we were using fax machines. And I don't know about you, but I just don't understand fax machines. <laughs> they don't sit well. <laughs> no, <in>. me neither. <laughs> um so um kind of got my job at Leeds and worked as a clinical midwife um, and again rotational um, midwife at Leeds um, and but always had this digital um, at the back of my head and there was always this I don't I don't know it must be it must be must have this thing where we just can't get away from digital mm-hmm. um, um, and then yeah five years ago um, I was working on the postnatal ward and I thought I want a bit of a change and a, and a, a secondment came out um, to go and work in the digital team. So we have an end-to-end electronic patient record in Leeds. Um, at the time, we was only live with our intrapartum care, so just the labour care um, of our um, end-to-end electronic record. So this post came out to implement the rest of the um, electronic record. And I thought, oh, this looks really interesting. Um, I'll give it a go. Um, started the six months secondment and then never left. That's <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, so in, in the time, I've managed to um, help implement the full end-to-end electronic patient record. So we have um, about 10,000 births at Leeds a year um, and our care expands out into the community. Um, and we have we touched some borders of the other hospitals as well. So there's quite a lot of work that we had to do with interoperability um, as well. Um, since then, I then went on to develop um, and work with the system suppliers to implement an online notes portal. Um, so that the women were able to access their notes online um, and which I, which I found this was such a big project for me and I, th- I felt like it was really important because you know we, we, we're we in this digital age where you can access everything on your phone like I can unlock my car from my phone I um, can do anything I can't live without my phone um, hmm. <laughs> me too 
why can't this thing, um online uh, online so that was a really that was a really big and important project for me so glad we implemented um that um and it was it was again really good because i was able to uh, implement it using cloud-based solution which was something quite new that was um not new at least at the time um and it, i had to really fight for it um but got there in the end and it was amazing because then it, it really helped during the pandemic because we were able to do remote consultations um god then um in 2021 um i applied for the florence nightingale digital leadership scholarship because i realized that digital was the way that i wanted to go and digital maternity was growing really vastly and i really wanted to be involved in the change um so i applied for the scholarship and was successful and as part of the scholarship you have to do a quality improvement project in your trust um, and mine was um, self-referral to maternity services. It was kind of building upon the existing portal um, and allowing women the ability to be able to refer to maternity services online rather than going to see the GP. And this really helped with our work key performance indicator for women booking less than 10 weeks because we encourage women to book their pregnancy less than 10 weeks. However, um, when women go to the GP, sometimes they're not asked the question of how many weeks pregnant they are. So they're kind of allocated an appointment on a first come, first serve basis rather than the clinical need. Um, so this online form allows us to prioritise women by their gestation and the clinical need. Um, so that was really a really good project um, and a really big project to do. So I implemented that successfully um, in November 21. Um, God, the years are flying by. <laughs> well, yeah. And the, the scholarship really was really life-changing for me because it provided me with so many opportunities. So um, another another really big thing about the scholarship is you get given a mentor. And my mentor was a deputy chief midwifery officer, um, which was amazing because it allowed me to have that exposure at a national level, which I'd never had before because um, I'd worked in my little silo in the trust um, and didn't really, want, like, didn't really want to step out of my comfort zone. So that really um, allowed me to do that and kind of look at, because quite often when, you, when you're at trust level, you hear stuff as it comes down the chain, but it was nice to be, you know, be there when the decisions were being made at a national level. So I had quite a lot of exposure to that, which was really, really good and really eye-opening for me um, from a midwifery uh, perspective. But then from a career perspective, um, I got involved with the um, well, the, the advisory panel, um, which was amazing because it allowed me to really see that the skills that I had developed as a digital midwife over the past five years were actually really transferable. Um, and it's allowed me to be on the panel and work with so many amazing clinicians. I learn from them every day, honestly. They surprise me every day with what they teach me. Mm. Um, and it really really allowed me to kind of step out of my comfort zone um, and kind of look at myself as a digital clinician not just as a digital midwife um, digital maternity is really really important but you know we all need to work together because like I always say like that maternity episode for the woman is only a small part of her uh, overall journey um, and like looking at like connecting the dots and working with like digital nurses AHPs anyone that really comes in contact with with the woman um, and her family um, so that's been really good and I've learned so much and being able to bring that learning back to the trust level um, has been really amazing as well and 
I think from I think that my biggest thing that I really learned from being a digital midwife and being involved in the digital world is I've just fallen in love with the data side of it mm-hmm. <laughs> and how and how important that is and that data quality side of it and that's one of my my really big passions and like digital literacy because I feel like I mean we were born in like a digital age um so we've always had everything but even now when I look at um you know some people haven't had that experience or don't have the facilities to you know to be digitally literate or just don't have the digital literacy um regardless of the hardware they just don't have the digital literacy and we're providing everything electronic and it's just how how are we supporting these people that are vulnerable um in the digital age um so that's one of the the things that i really want to work on and Mm. then some hot off the press news (laughs) I've recently, I like that, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I've recently, as in last week, been appointed as a chief midwifery information officer um, at Leeds. So, which is which is just amazing because um, I I've always said we have CNIOs and where are the CMIOs, um, and I've gone on about it that much that it's now happened. <laughs> um, so, I believe I'm the first CMIO, which is amazing because um, midwifery will always be part of you know it, it, I am a midwife by background and I will always be a midwife by background but um, I think just those skills that I've developed over the past 10 years clinically and digitally um, I think I've really really important um, and really helping with my um, digital career. Brilliant yeah well congratulations to that appointment that's uh, yeah, pretty cool being the first um, for those <laughs> that kind of may be unfamiliar with the role of a digital midwife could you explain what exactly that role entails and kind of how is it involved and how significant it is in kind of helping digital transformation in the NHS? Yeah, I think the role of a digital midwife is really important um, so we are the subject matter experts for, for maternity um, and it does kind of go hand in hand with like the digital nursing role as well um, so we implement you know we, we, we are the key uh, with implementing end-to-end electronic patient records um, you know giving that advice to clinicians and making sure that the, that the voice is heard um, I think we face the same challenges um, like we do on a national level, uh, you know, with interoperability, the data burden, um, you know, data quality. We all face the same challenges. But the role of the digital midwife um, it is it is expanding. It is, you know, we have a national digital midwife um, and it's been mandated now that every trust needs to have a digital midwife. And I think it is. The role of digital midwife is really important to keeping maternity at the forefront of digital transformation as well, because um, sometimes we do get forgotten about. Um, but I think it's it's really important to really work together um, as as varying varying clinicians because we can all learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. You touched on obviously the Florence Nightingale Digital Leadership Scholarship. Um, why is that? Did you want to be a part of it? They touched on that already, but also kind of in what ways has it helped you well, I think I think it's 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 changed the person I am like it, it's mm-hmm. been, it sounds a bit cliche but literally it's like being transformational for my life like I think because the my career as a digital midwife was quite um just trust level and I never really had the exposure um of going outside of the trust um and I think the the scholarship's really good it, it, it's it's planned really well so it does, you're not kind of taken away from your day to day so you're not like abandoning what you're doing and going away you can kind of do it alongside what you're doing it it's not too demanding um and you know as part of the scholarship we do some training with the royal academy of dramatic arts 
um, and it really helps build your confidence, your communication skills. And um, I always say, like, I feel like it gave me the wings um, to, you know, to fly and to, you know, to get involved because prior to the scholarship, I, to be honest, I wouldn't have been involved with the advisory panel. Um, I wouldn't have been involved with like Rewired or anything like that because you, you're just so stuck in your silo. And I feel like when you're, when you're implementing change at trust level, you kind of feel like, oh, I'm the only one that's experiencing this. Um, and it can really get you down. But I feel like when you're out and exposed to work that's going on at a national level, it kind of, you, you build your support networks and you find your teams. Um, and I think that's been really, really powerful for me um, in the Florence Arts and Girls Scholarship. And again, just having the exposure to national level um, and really, I feel like it's really allowed me to profile myself as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Again, you touched on this, but what have been the main benefits, do you think, of being part of the CNIO advisory panel to you? How has how's that helped? Oh, I think um, I think the main benefits have been the networking um, and mm -hmm. I feel like, like I was saying about finding your people and finding your team. And I feel like this everyone's been so lovely because um, I joined the panel quite late and I feel like everyone's been so lovely welcoming and and they you know I feel like I can go to them with anything and I never feel like I'm alone um mm -hmm. part of the um as part of the advisory panel um we have a men the mentoring program uh, which I'm a part of so I've got five people that I mentor with my colleague Stacey um and that's and that's been amazing as well just being able to being able to support people on the journey um, and I feel like it was a it was um, I remember when I first started I was like oh god like what, what am I going to do what am I going to teach and then um, Sarah, Sarah Hambridge was like you've got loads of experience and then I remember when I had my first session and I, I, I said to her I was like oh that was really good because I felt like I was actually able to help somebody so it was it was really like I feel like in your, in your career like you always just move on to the next thing and we rarely get time to sit back and reflect on everything yeah. that we've achieved so I think it's been really good because it's allowed me to really help other people as well. Absolutely yeah that's brilliant. Um, what are the, do you think the main kind of aims and ambitions within the advisory panel kind of on, as a collective? What do you think the kind of what do you think you'd like to achieve as a kind of as a panel? Yeah, I think I think we're working really well. So I feel like the digital nursing voice is, is really out there. Natasha has been amazing at pioneering that voice. I think the AHP and midwifery voice is just a little bit further behind. So I think as an advisory panel, obviously, me being the first digital midwife on the panel um, has really opened up that um, has opened up that voice, really. So I wanted to, you know, keep working with the panel to make sure that we're making sure that everyone's voices are heard because there's a massive and really good AHP community um, and there's loads and loads of fantastic digital midwives as well. Um, so I think that inclusive inclusive um, culture, really, I think that's really powerful in the advisory panel um, because it's not really kind of like, what's your background? Are oh, you not a nurse? You can't. Uh, it's more like, what's your clinical background? What, you know, how, what can you share? Um, and I think mm -hmm. that working together culture um is, is really really powerful in the advisory panel absolutely yeah i did see a piece i think that you wrote in femtech world recently um <laughs> no no it's good um but what, for, what, what if you could expand a bit you spoke about how maybe in the past that maybe digital roles or digital midwifery has been underrecognized a little bit but that's changing now do you think that is changing and do you think there's still a way to go in kind of those roles coming to the forefront i think it varies um 
I think obviously nationally there's a drive now um, for a digital midwife to be in every trust, but um, I'm part of the digital midwife expert reference group as well um, on a national level and locally as well. And I feel like there's still a lot of, a lot to do um, and there's a lot of trust still need to have a recognition of the role of the digital midwife and the importance of it. So I think we have come, we have um, come a bit of a way, but I feel like there's still so much more to do. And I think the demands on digital maternity and the growth of digital maternity is massive. Um, that there needs to be more recognition of the role and each and the trust it, it's more I'd say more trust level um, mm -hmm. needs to recognise the role more. Yeah absolutely and finally of course you touched on the exciting new role and the first one ever which is great <laughs> but kind of looking ahead to the future what does the future hold for you are there any exciting things coming up for you in your role or and what are the main kind of ambitions on a, a personal level for the year ahead? Well, uh, I mean, I'm really, really excited to start this role and I just feel like from this, the more and more opportunities will come. But I'm particularly really looking forward to Rewired this year. Um, so last year I went to Rewired and I had FOMO and I was mm -hmm. like, um, why we need more midwifery representation? And I need to be careful what I wish for because I've managed to make sure that there is midwifery representation throughout Rewired this year. Um, so it's going to be amazing. So like so powerful. Um, and then I'm chairing a few sessions as well, which is I've not done before. So <laughs> that'll be fun. A career as well. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to Rewired. Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, if you asked me 10 years ago when I started my started my midwifery career, that would I be the first CMIO in 10 years time? I probably would have laughed at you. Or even if you told me I was going to go into digital, like I wouldn't have believed it. Um, and I think, you know, it's really kind of, it's, it is a new role and it's exciting um, and I really am looking forward to it. So we'll see what the future holds. Yeah, we look forward to, we look forward to that. <laughs> we look forward to rewinding March back at the Business Design Centre in London. That'll be a busy time for all of us, but yeah. should be another, should be another great event. Um, last one, actually, that just kind of comes to you really, you mentioned about you never really thought that you'd be even getting into digital. Do you think that kind of pathway is is clear enough now for maybe young people training or starting out there's a clear enough pathway to get into digital roles in healthcare i don't think there is to be honest i think there's still a lot of work that we need to do um for everyone to know because i didn't know that it was it was a, a career pathway so i remember going for my interview when i had my uh, when i had my job became permanent and i got and i got asked um is this what i wanted to do because i was quite young in my career um and and I was like, well, yeah, it's exciting, but it wasn't it wasn't something that was really kind of um, the traditional route that people would go back go down. Um, and I felt like I'd taken a bit of a sidetrack. I felt like a bit of a rebel, to be honest. <laughs> <I did. laughs> a side, a side <laughs> route. Um, so it wasn't clearly advertised. And I still feel like there is more work that we can do um, to know that this, you know, that there is this career that does exist. Um, and it doesn't mean that because you do a digital, like you're not a midwife. I feel like my clinical knowledge has increased more um, in my digital role than it did when I was clinical because having oversight of the whole system and making sure it's in line with current guidelines and policies, it's allowed me to really increase my knowledge more. Brilliant, yeah. Oh, that has flown by that, that little chat there, but we have come to the end of the episode. <laughs> and yeah, thank you so much for, for agreeing to come on the podcast and for chatting about your career really and exciting things and as I said congratulations again on the new role and good luck with that it's really exciting and hopefully see hopefully see it rewired because I'm sure many of our listeners will be there and I'll certainly be there 
we look forward to that in March. Um, yeah, thank you everyone for listening. So we're available to listen back to on all your favourite podcast platforms that we pushed on Discourse as well. So hopefully we will, I know for sure, we'll get a lot of listeners for this one. So yeah, thank you very much. And until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to Digital Health Unplugged. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more, follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favourite podcast platform. And to find out about our latest news and events, head to our website, digitalhealth.net.